Welcome to Semper Sometimes with Benny and the Bakes. Here I have my co-host, the Bakes, and myself, Benny. So uh, a little bit we're going to talk about is just what the the podcast means to us, why we started the podcast, and um, just going to talk about our Marine Corps careers and uh, how we became friends and shit like that. So um, real quick, I'll introduce myself. My name is Staff Sergeant Douglas Bennett. Uh, I've been in the Marine Corps for 12 years. I've uh, been a reservist. I've been deployed. I've done recruiting duty for four years. And um, just met a plethora of different Marines throughout my career. And um, one of them being the Bakes, a.k.a. Bradley Baker, um, close friend of mine. I actually met him when he was joining the Marine Corps. I'd already been in. And uh, he ended up getting out. And then we ended up bumping into each other and becoming really good friends. Um, so without further ado, here is my co-host, The Bakes. Yeah, so I'm Bradley Baker. Um, I did four years in the Marine Corps. I was an electrician. I've also deployed. Um, been out for a couple of years, and Doug and I here have been friends for quite a while, and uh, he used to slay me when I was a pulley. And uh, we had the idea for this podcast because we're always out there meeting veterans, meeting Marines, and you know we're always talking about branching out and making our circle a little bit bigger and getting out to know other people's story, other Marines, airmen, soldiers, etc. So, uh, you know, we're just here to talk about all different types of weird stigmas in the military, things that, you know, are going wrong, things that can be changed. And then also kind of just, just learn other people's mindsets and experiences overall in the military. So, um, no, yeah, definitely, man. That's really what it is, is just hearing, you know, a lot of times, you know, you have like, you have the podcast, the smoke fit, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, you know, as friends, you hear all these funny stories, you hear all these funny deployment stories, boot camp stories, but civilians don't understand it at all. Right. They have no idea. They don't know what any of these things pertain to. And that's another thing, too, you know, getting the perspective of a military spouse, getting the perspective of a family member. You know, how, how did you feel while they were gone? So that's kind of what the whole premise of the, the podcast is going to be, is just us, you know, talking to veterans and any branch of military talking to family members of those veterans and just kind of understanding their viewpoints, kind of understanding what they were through and just hearing, hearing stories from different people. Um, so I guess really the first question that I would have is why did you join the Marine Corps Baker? So I've wanted to join the Marine Corps and I feel like I've, I've met a lot of Marines that have the similar, the same answer. Um, middle school, high school, all they've all, all these wanted, all they wanted to do was join the Marine Corps or some branch of the military. So I come from a pretty big military family. A lot of my uncles were in Vietnam, grandfathers and great uncles in World War II, um, family, you know, that were in the Revolutionary War. And, you know, it's always just been, it sounds cliche, and that's also why we're doing this podcast, because things like that shouldn't be cliche, but it was just like a sense of duty that I've just always been indoctrinated to by family. And then of course, like TV, you know, like how many, remember the cool Marine Corps commercials where it's the Marine slaying the dragon, dragon. you know what I mean? So, you know, it's stuff like that and it just plants a seed and then we grow up and we graduate high school and then we go do big and better things in uh, the Marine Corps army, et cetera. Um, So for me, that's, that's pretty much the basis Uh, my grandfather. um, He was a tanker. He was in, uh, he was one of the first army units to deploy in World War II to Papua New Guinea and Guam, um, you know, and just hearing about him doing amazing things. Um, it's just always set a standard. And then having cousins and everything else in the Army Marine Corps, it's just always been in my life. And uh, I've always just wanted to do something bigger and better. And um, and I, 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 did, I ended up doing that. I joined the Marine Corps right out of high school, um, 
did four years as an electrician, served with an amazing group of guys, had some pretty crazy stories, which, you know, we'll, we'll get into later on. So in let's podcast. start with that. What, like right now, think about it. Like you've, you were four years in the Marine Corps, right? And you're, and what was your job? I was 1141 electrician. Okay. So what right now, if I told you to sum, sum up four years in the Marine Corps, what is the craziest story that you can like right now just think of? Oh man, a craziest story. So, I mean, I guess some, I probably couldn't tell, um, you know, I've, I've only, I've done two MUSE, you know, I'm sure What's there's going to be a MUSE. So moves. yeah, Marine, uh, it's Marine Expeditionary Unit. So it's made up of um, a VLT element, battalion landing team, which are grunts, aviation, a command element. And then there's also a logistics element as well, which is, I was in CLV 11, which combat logistics battalion 11. And uh, we were a mix of combat engineers, electricians, motor T, uh, you know, essential support uh mos's um yeah the craziest story um yeah i i could sit here i I don't know what the craziest would be um i've seen marines like wrestle like cobras in malaysia i've seen um this one jabushan i mean it's not like a crazy good person in the military that did this but it was some jabushan local who got like naked and ran out and swam like 100 yards out into the ocean and no shit stood on top of a whale shark and like wrote it for a couple seconds, you know what I mean? And like, I tell, and that's a shit, like I, I wouldn't, you wouldn't see this in like, you know, Miami on a beach somewhere, you know, you're in the middle of freaking Djibouti, Africa, seeing like the craziest shit. But um, yeah, my, uh, my Marine Corps experience was mild, you know, um, not a combat veteran or anything like that. So I can't sit here and talk about friends that I might've lost, you know, in battle or anything like that, um, which I, I guess is a blessing as well. Um, but my Marine Corps experience was pretty mild. Uh, you know, I, I served with a great group of guys. I love the unit I was in, but we deployed consistently, always doing field ops. And, uh, for being an electrician, it was, it was definitely more exciting than I thought it would be. Cause you hear, you talk to civilians about electricians, you're plugging stuff in and messing with wires. So, um, you know, which is kind of what I did in the Marine Corps, but after I ended up setting up generators and doing all this other stuff, then I'd go do a machine gun range with like, you know, common engineers in my unit you know, or do route clearance or something like that, or learning about IEDs. And so it was pretty, pretty diverse. You know, and, and something that you said, man, I, I think a huge part of this podcast is also, you know, not everybody that we're going to have on the podcast is going to be a combat veteran. You know, right. like I know I, I, I got lucky. I, I, I got lucky because I was in the Marine Corps for, I'm a reservist, motor, motor T by trade. And I was I joined the Marine Corps in 2009, and I was in the Marine Corps for literally not even a full-on year. And I was at annual training, and our lieutenant came. We had just showed up to Fort Dix in the barracks, and our lieutenant just comes walking outside, and he's like, hey, everybody form it up. And 30-some-odd of us formed it up, and he was like, hey, we're going to Afghanistan. And I was a brand-new Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps, and I feel bad. Because there was a bunch of really close friends of mine that I have that they checked in a week after I did, and they didn't make the deployment. Right. And then they they spent six freaking years in the reserves just doing one week in the month, fixing the same trucks that weren't broken, and that's their six years in the reserves, and they never deployed. And a lot of of people – you know, kind of feel like they can't speak on anything because, oh, well, I never deployed. Right. And it's a stigma that's created by people like, oh, hey, bitch, you're a boot because you never deployed. Right. Okay, well, then that means that the sergeant who never deployed, even though he has eight years in the Marine Corps, 
is a boot. That right. doesn't even make sense. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's so why we're doing this podcast. You know, exactly. Stuff because like there's that. a lot of voices out there who aren't heard. There's a lot of people out there who just feel like they can't say anything because, oh, I never deployed. Right. But those same people deal with depression. Those same people deal with, you know, alcoholism or exactly. those same people, anxiety, whatever it is, or even, you know, you know, people who've dealt with, you know, sexual abuse in the military. And that's, that's really why we're here. Um, but, you know, I guess, you know, kind of what we've also talked about is, is leadership in the Marine Corps, you know, or I, you know, what would you say is the difference between leadership and, you know, how you grew up in the Marine Corps and now versus the civilian world? Because you're, you're now out. You've been out for how long? Uh, three and a half years. Okay. So you've dealt with the civilian world for three and a half years. What would you say is the difference between, you know, leadership in the civilian world versus being in the military? Right. So, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty easy. Everybody, well, not everybody that joins the Marine Corps or branch of military has working experience. But for me, I've worked a bunch of jobs before I ended up joining all throughout high school and whatever. And, you know, joining the Marine Corps, you learn about accountability, integrity, you know, taking care of, you know, junior Marines. Um, and then also just doing the job correctly, doing everything right. And, you know, we all can relate to whatever jobs we might have in the civilian world for veterans that listen, you always have that one boss that slacks. You always have, you know, some guy who does the exact same job as you, you know, doesn't do the job wrong or does the job wrong or, you know, can't admit to it, you know, where the Marine Corps has like, you might have some LT, uh, you know, who doesn't know what he's doing and he'll sit there. He's, he's technically your boss, you know, cause he's an officer, but he'll sit there. If he doesn't know what he's doing, most of the time they'll sit there and ask you, Hey, how do you do this? Like my, my old CEO would literally, would literally come up to me like, Hey Baker, explain this machinery to me or show me how to do this. You know, where like nowadays, well, I guess I wouldn't even see nowadays, just in general bosses, they can't get that chip off their shoulder. They don't have any humility where as in the Marine Corps, your leaders or bosses, if you will, have that they 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 have integrity they want to learn and they're they're humble to admit that they don't know something and uh for me that's probably the biggest thing uh just just the character and mindset's different of civilians to you know nco staff ncos and officers alike in the military um it's it's literally night and day but then you know i always run into people um another reason why we're starting this podcast i ran into a guy the other day um he was uh with three five he was a machine gunner and we're sitting there in the bank talking, you know, about our Marine Corps experience because he saw my sticker on my truck. And, you know, you would have thought we've known each other and served together for 20 years. You oh, know? yeah, dude, that's, that, you that's know the I mean? craziest shit, man. Like, right. Talking about how small the Marine Corps is, you know, just going off on that. You know, the other day I'm at the gym and I'm lifting and all of a sudden I turn around and I see this guy full sleeves, hand tattoos, neck tattoo, and he's wearing a Marine Corps veteran shirt and a hat. And I'm just in my head, I'm like, I know this dude. I'm like, I know this dude from somewhere. But at the same time, I had an inclination that I've never met him. But I was like, he looks so familiar. So I walk up to him. I'm like, hey, man, you know, when did you serve? When were you in the Marine Corps? And he's like, oh, you know, I got out in 2013. He was like, my brother's actually in. And I could hear his his Brooklyn accent. And I was like, what's your brother's name? And he looked like this guy looks so familiar. And I'm like, who's your, like, who's your brother? He's like, Frankie. And I'm like, Frankie Calla? He's like, <laughs> yeah, bro, I'm Mike Calla. Nice. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, you you were in the infantry, because his brother used to post him all the time. So long story short, me, him, and his brother were all in boot camp at the exact same time, 
I was lead series. They were follow series. His brother ended up becoming a chef. He was on the TV show. Um, um, what is it? The Hell's Kitchen. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was on the, on Hell's Kitchen. Um, some questionable stuff happened. I won't bring that up. But uh, yeah, he did. I think at eight years or maybe four. I'm not sure. And then his brother, infantry, marine, combat deployments, and now he's a longshoreman. And the craziest <laughs> thing is, is that we literally live around the corner from each other and go to the same gym. That's nuts. So, like, we were – I never knew him. I, we grew up in the same town, grew up in Brooklyn, but we meet in the Marine Corps. Like, it's so crazy how well, small it is. That, and, and I have another buddy, Jennings. Um, he just became a, a cop in Middletown. And me and him we deployed together, and we found out that the two of us lived one block away from each other in Brooklyn grew up down the street from each other and we meet each other 20 years later in the marine corps yeah dude like that's insane it's it's fucking nuts how small it is yeah and and it's funny too because like every time i bring up stories like that like uh i made uh, a good buddy of mine he was in the navy he was an rp which uh you know religious personnel and they protect chaps chaplains and everything because they're not combatants and we were best of friends we still talk to this day um and then not too long ago i was out there um visiting him and he's like hey do you know uh so and so i'm like oh yeah um he was a couple grades older than me and he's like oh yeah we ended up like um we joined the navy together and you know i've known him before the navy and everything and when he it was crazy when he brought his name up he's a guy i went to high school with i know his family and they're best of friends and i ended up running into that same guy like literally the last couple of weeks um i was in camp pendleton and you know we we're talking about my buddy danny and it was just crazy that you know my buddy's the guy I never met before in the Navy is best friends with somebody that I went to high school with. And it was just so like coincidental. And like when I was on a deployment, um, I was in Kuwait, good old, uh, good old Pate camp Patriot. And I ended up seeing somebody that looked super familiar. And I, like, I would see him all the time in the chow hall. Um, and, uh, he was, he was with one four and I was like, dude, like, did you go to key high school? And he's like, Oh yeah. And then I ended up telling him like we graduated, uh, I think he was a couple years older than me, but I knew him because we ended up playing against each other in football. But yeah, Keyport is, you know, a couple miles down the road for me. And I've known him before in the Marine Corps. And now I'm seeing him in the Middle East, bro, you know, I, which that, is pretty that, crazy. That kind of like um, I went to high when I before I moved to Jersey, I went to high school in Brooklyn, went to um, Fort Hamilton High School. And there was this guy that I knew. His name is Jason Roman. And uh, me and him, I, I went to high school with him and then I moved to Jersey. So I only knew him freshman, sophomore year, kind of bullshitted in classes. And then I moved to Jersey. I went through my junior, senior year. Then I joined the Marine Corps. Then all of a sudden, I'm in Missouri at MOS school, military occupational school. And I'm at the smoke pit. I'm smoking a fucking Newport. And I look over to my <laughs> left and I'm like, Roman? And he's like, Bennett? And the two of us haven't seen each other in like four years. And now the two of us are in the same smoke pit in the same branch of military at the same MOS school. <laughs> That's like, wild. Like well, the fuck. That. Now, now he's going on to have children. You know, now he's I think in the either the National Guard or the Army, one of the two. Um, but yeah, man, it's just crazy how small the Marine Corps is. No, for sure. You know, like the people that you meet, or like my current, not current, but my old sergeant major. He was best friends with my boot camp drill instructor, and now they're both sergeant majors in the Marine Corps, about to retire. And it's like, wait a minute, you know him and you know him. And it's, it's it's just so small how big the Marine Corps is, but how small it is. Oh, for sure. But um, 
we've kind of gone on on a, on a tangent. But um, yeah, back to like you. I remember you asking me. You just asked me about uh, like leadership, the difference between leadership in the Marine Corps and the civilian sector. And you know, it's just it's basically you can just sum it up as the Marine Corps principles versus no principles in the civilian sector. Like I've worked jobs where they don't care if you, you know, like in the Marine Corps, you rate a smoke break, you know, at certain times, your boss doesn't care about that. Your boss doesn't care if you drink water. He doesn't care if, you know, you recover, you, you have recovery from duty or if you're getting chow, you know, which NCOs, staff NCOs will do for junior Marines, mm-hmm. et cetera. You definitely don't see that. Um, I'm sure there, there are, of course, there's always special cases out there where, you know, veterans get a job. They love it. They love the people they work with. And then even their bosses might even be veterans. And that's probably why their, their job is so, so well-rounded and like squared away. But uh, I think in general, it's just the principles and like standards of the civilian world versus the military. It's night and day. So I guess you can consider just the entire lifestyle and core beliefs of the Marine Corps and other branches and why it's so different. And that's why the military is what it is versus the private sector. You obviously don't have private militaries. Well, I mean, I, I guess you do contractors, but they don't do what uh, yeah. they can't do logistically. Okay. You know, but that's where like a, a, it, leadership's kind of always been like an, I don't want to say an argument to me, but like, you know, there's people out there who've never served a day in their life that are phenomenal leaders. True. You know what I mean? Like, like right now, I, I, I went from being on recruiting duty for four years to where I had a, I literally was working 530 in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. And the next day, hey, what do you have for me? What do you have for me? What do you have for me? I would overwrite. I would do all these things and then still not be able to go home. But yet now I'm working in the civilian sector as a recruiter. And my boss is like, hey, you've had a hard week. Go enjoy three days off with your family. Right. That's nice. And it's and it's just the complete different op- opposite ends of the spectrum. Because even in like the Marine Corps, I've, I've had gunnies that are great friends of mine that I fucking love. But yet... They left work at three o'clock, but we were at the office till twenty hundred. Right. And the question is, is that is that leadership? Is it not leadership? Or do they rate, quote unquote, that they can leave early? Like that's the argument that people have made, you know, is like, oh, I'm a gunny, I don't have to be there all day. But the way that I saw things and the way that I still see things is if my Marines are at work, I'm at work with them. Right. That's how I've always seen right. it. What are your thoughts on that? So, like, same thing. It goes back to, like, principles and morals and everything else. So, like, you're talking about your boss. He's selfless. He has accountability. And he's looking out for, well, his juniors, per se. You know, he's you're beneath him. He's your boss. So, you know, that that is leadership. You're, you're, you're exactly right. But, again, the same that same mindset is translated to what leaders do in the Marine Corps. Accountability, you know, being selfless, not being, not you know, living double standards, which, you know, again, that's why we're on this podcast to talk about this stuff. You know, I, I can experience the same thing. We've had, uh, you know, we've had our LT and Gunny just totally disappear, and we're still working, and it's like 17, 1800. You know what I mean? Um, that's just a double standard. That's like a whole nother, a whole nother reason why, you know, there's so much, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Disgruntlement and stuff like animosity. in Marines. Yeah, animosity. Yeah, that's an even better word. Um, you know, because people live a double standard. I, I'm right there with you. I, if my guys are working, I, I'm right there working with them. But some people don't see it that way, and they're selfish. And to me, that yeah, that could definitely qualify as a bad leader. So I think that's part of the whole semper sometimes thing. Correct. You know, is you're either always faithful or you're not. And I think the, the reality of it is, is that part of the reason why I came up with the name semper sometimes and me and Baker could agree with it was I, I, I personally, and again, if you don't feel this way, you can correct me. Right. 
I, I don't think anybody can ever be Semper Fi. It's not real. It's you're gonna fuck up. You're gonna have downfalls, and you're you cannot physically always be faithful. You can't. Right. You can try to be, but reality of it is, is that you're gonna have insecurities, whether it's your friend or your best friend. But I think when it comes to Semper Fi, you know, and that's a lot of the topic of discussion is a lot of people just see it as like, oh no, I mean like in war, I mean like I'll die for you. But yeah, there's a double standard. Yeah, yeah there's always some explanation. Right. Or like, you know, if I ask, I remember I had this conversation at Sergeant's course, man. You know, hey, would you leave your wife unattended with another Marine? Hell no. I would never do that. Right. Well, then you're not satisfied. That's, that seems like a very, uh, that seems like a generalized statement. Yeah. I I'd probably imagine a lot of Marines would say. Yeah, because no, I don't trust you because I know what you're like when you're not in uniform. Right. You know, it's like, you know, I'm not going to say any names, um, but when I first joined the Marine Corps, if you ask my wife what she thinks about the Marine Corps or what she thought about the Marine Corps at that time, my wife would tell you that it was just a bunch of adulterers and people who just didn't give a fuck about women or anything. And the reason why is because she was surrounded by my friends who were my corporals, my sergeants, who had wives that literally would be out with their girlfriends. Right. Like my wife, And they would introduce my wife. They'd be like, hey, Hillary, this is so-and-so. And then my wife's first question would be like, oh, you mean your wife? And they'd be like, no, 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 no. And it became this thing where, like, I'm surrounded by people who I look up to, who are my leaders, who literally are okaying adultery. Right. And Or just being disloyal overall. And, and they're just like, oh, no, it's okay, but it's not the Marine Corps. And right. that's – and a lot of people fight that. They're like, yeah, it's cool. Like my one boy, he's like, yeah, man, it, it's cool. Yeah, I fuck around on my wife. I cheat on my wife, but I would never be disloyal to you. Right. When it's it's to me, it's one of the same. Like you can't. My opinion, I don't think you know. When you marry somebody, you're obviously taking an oath and being loyal to them over everybody. Like I really don't know anybody that would value their friends over their their wives. You're gonna spend the rest of your life with them. But you know, it's people get mad and or they try to defend it because you're calling them out and they understand what integrity is. Like these are all grown men. Yeah. They've been through the Marine Corps, some form of boot camp. You know, that the military yes. principles are there. Yeah. So they know what integrity is, but being honest, because you know what I mean? Like if you were to go, Hey, what's honesty? Oh, being truthful, you know, 100% of the time. And now you catch somebody being the opposite of that. And then especially being a Marine, Central Fidelis, you know, always being always faithful and you're catching them on that and you're holding them accountable because you're, you, that's your integrity. You're holding them accountable, especially friends or peers in your unit. And then they get upset about it. They get mad because they know they're wrong, but they can't admit being wrong. And so that's also where I'll say I will disagree that you can't always be always faithful. I think you can because like you doing that, that that in a way is being faithful. You're holding your friends accountable. You were being that good friend telling them like if they were doing drugs, you'd probably snatch that shit out of their hand and yoke them up and be like, yeah, you should probably stop doing this because it's stupid or no one else will. They'll enable them and let them go into this toxic habits and all this other shit. And we all, everybody has vices, you know, and like you said, yeah, people are going to slip up, but it's owning up to that and being responsible and changing, you know, and there's always going to be, you're always going to backslide into things like, dude, maybe, maybe you half-ass your job one day because I don't know, maybe you did a battalion PT and you're super, super butthurt because you got chewed out by your first sergeant or something. And you're just having a rough day and like, yeah, I'm not going to fill out this, uh, this LTI all the way. I'm just going to half-ass it where normally you'll do it any other time, you know? And then, you're going to sit there and be like, damn, I probably should have, uh, I probably should correct that. I should rectify this shit. And you're going to go back and fix it, you know? And that's integrity, not half-assing shit, 
calling people out and then, you know, just adhering to your core beliefs and principles, which, you know, that's a topic for people that are, you know, I guess theologists and, or psych majors or people in college, <laughs> you know, they'll sit there and argue and be like, well, like, you know, technically none of this really matters and there's preferences, opinions, whatever. But it's like, we all know what right and wrong is. We learned yeah. that in like grade school, you know, yeah. like when you're, you're, you know, kids watch, you know, cartoons about that stuff. If a, if a child can grasp the right, grasp the concept of right and wrong, adults can do it. And especially Marines can do it. And they do. But again, you know, that's a whole nother thing as well. Like look at the history of the Marine Corps. Even 50 years before us, Marines were drinking. Like you see pictures of Marines in Vietnam. What are they doing? They're smoking weed and drinking Budweiser while, you know, while in Vietnam. And it's like, now you do that, you're getting NJP and kicked out of the Marine Corps. You know what I mean? So it's just like part of it, too, is the indoctrination, the level of indoctrination the Marine Corps has, especially depending on your MOS. Like if you're a grunt or EOD or some shit like that, I would imagine you're definitely more animalistic. And uh, you're not. You're right. You know I, what I, mean? I never thought about it like that. You know, the, the, your Marine Corps experience is completely different compared to that. I mean, you know, and another thing, we've got five minutes left. Um but another thing, you know, just kind of talking about you, what you're saying about in- integrity is, and that, like, as a, when I was a recruiter, that was a lot of what I would tell people is I, I cannot sit here and tell you that the Marine Corps is going to change you 100% equivocally. I cannot tell you that I can't give you a mission statement like, hey, man, if you join the Marine Corps four years from now, you're going to be a millionaire because the Marine Corps is going to do this, this, and this to you. Right. I can't do that. Because the reality of it is, is that, you know, I, I met Rashad Jennings once. I don't know if you know who right. he is. Yeah, he was with the Giants. And he said one of the most influential things to me that I ever in my life thought. Someone had asked him, like, did your money change you? I don't remember exactly what the question was, but the question was something along the lines of, did you becoming rich change you? And his simple answer was, it only maximized who I already was. So he was like, I love books. So when I became rich, guess what I went and did? I bought a fucking library. He <laughs> right. didn't curse, but he just said, I went and bought a library. He, it, and his point was it just maximizes who you are. So the Marine Corps, by the time you join the Marine Corps, most people, you're, you're 18, 19, 20. Some people are even 27, 28. But you've already been indoctrinated by the world. Your parents, your friends, your family. So the Marine Corps just says, hey, these are the Marine Corps' values, and now you need to bestow them and you need to agree with them. But unfortunately we still have people who commit adultery. We still have people who do drugs in the Marine Corps and some people just yeah. don't change or worse. I mean, um, yeah, you know, I'm sure we could sit here and talk about some really, really gruesome stuff that Marines have done other Marines or sailors, etc. you know? Um, but you know, it all comes back to like where you come from, you know, and like what kind of person you are and people can change. Like I've met, it, it's it kind of shocked me when, you know, I was in boot camp talking to some of these like Lance corporals that work at the range or corporals or whatever that talk to recruits. You know, sometimes you get that that little window to be a person in boot camp. And yeah. you're actually talking there yeah. are Marines talking to you like you're a person. And, you know, you're just like, well, dude, hey, like, why would you join the Marine Corps? He's like, I'm not going to lie. Um, I had a drug problem in high school. I got like a DUI in high school, whatever. And the Marine Corps was like their salvation. Uh, you know, it it put them on the straight and narrow. They're good Marines, you know, and it turned them away from possibly becoming, you know, they could have ended up flipping burgers for the rest of their life with like a criminal record. If they joined the Marine Corps, didn't join the Marine Corps. But then you meet other people that come from well-off families, you know, very rich. And then they get in the Marine Corps and they're shitbags. And I'm just saying personal experience. Not, yeah. I'm sure they're rich. No, you're not wrong. I'm sure the Marines from rich families that go in and they're stellar Marines, you know, but just, I know a couple who, um, I wouldn't say were the best Marines. And I can't judge. I wasn't a fantastic Marine either, you know, but you know, when it comes to when you're being judged from the core values and principles of the Marine Corps, 
you know, there is such thing as righteous judgment, you know, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy to think, man, where, how, how far people fall from, like how you were in boot camp, you're so motivated and you could, you know, I, I like, I couldn't name my general, I couldn't recite the general orders like an MLS school. You know, yeah. that's now I'm I, st- I, I still can't. I'm on yeah. the line. <laughs> you know, it's, I've it's, been in the Marine Corps 12 you know, years and I've never known. But then, and I hate to say it's like as that level of indoctrination just gradually slows down and you're more of a person, you're more free when you hit the fleet. And that's, I feel like that's when shit goes sideways. But you can't always be held accountable by somebody else. There you have a drone instructor always making sure you're doing the right thing. And if you don't, you're going to pay for it. Mm-hmm. We're like in the Marine Corps, like I'm, again, they probably sit here and say a million other stories of you know, bad things that happen or shitty things that people have done. But, um, yeah, man, it's just, it's freaking mind boggling. It really is, man. And I think, um, and that's really what we got a minute left on this one. Um, but that's kind of just what you guys can expect. The conversation that's going to be like, is just talking about what is integrity, what is loyalty, you know, and also, you know, alcoholism, just things that people deal with on an everyday basis that don't want to bring it up. Um, so right now we got one minute left. I'm going to throw it over to Bates before we end this one. Yeah, guys. So, um, yeah, Doug said it the best. This is, this is pretty much the content you're going to expect. Um, you know, we have an Instagram, it's uh, Semper underscore sometimes give us a follow. If you're a service member that has a story and wants to potentially talk about a certain topic, shoot us a DM and, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out, but, uh, we'd love to hear your guys' story and, uh, female service members as well. Um, and even family members, you know, that had something traumatic or something good happen. We'd love to hear about it. All right. Thank you for everybody for listening in.